How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. If you just stumbled upon the podcast for the first time, if you're brand new to our ministry and what we're doing, uh, super glad to have you. We are all about trying to equip men to lead their family well. And uh, so if that's you, if you're trying to figure out what it looks like to be the spiritual leader of your home and you just could use some really practical tips on how to do that and um, help falling in love with Jesus and helping your family do the same, uh, you found the right place. Super glad that you're here. The best way to get connected with what we're doing is to go to dadtire.com. And we actually have a community. If you if you click the community tab there, we'll link you over to a closed group that we have on Facebook. And we've got thousands of guys from around the world who are also trying to take this stuff seriously. And so uh, we'd love to meet you. It's a really cool community. We'd love to have you come be part of that. Um, anyway, yeah, we're glad you're here, man. Uh, today, before we dive into today's episode, I do want to thank my friends over at Backgate Prayers and HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode, making it happen. Um, Backgate Prayers has been a hit in the Dad Tired community. A lot of guys have used them as a company and uh, have been really, really happy with them. So essentially what they do is create custom prayer cards for your children. And uh, so you can upload the pictures of your kids. Um, they will add the names uh, to, to the, the photos and to these prayer cards. They'll make a bunch of prayer cards that have these um, unique custom prayer cards for your children. And then they are displayed on this little wooden block so you can set it up anywhere around the house. Um, they make a really, really, really good gift. So if you're trying to figure out like what to get your wife for Mother's Day, this is a very, very good idea. Um, a lot of guys do this for their wife's birthdays or for Christmas or for Mother's Day, and it's always been very, very successful. Um, so we definitely recommend you do that. If you do that, though, if you want to get it for Mother's Day, you're going to need to pick it up before May 3rd or place your order before May 3rd. So go to backgateprayers.com, and then you can actually use the promo code Celebrate Moms, and that'll give you 10% off. So again, backgateprayers.com, use the promo code Celebrate Moms, and that'll give you 10% off of these custom prayer cards for your children. Also, they're great gifts for grandchildren. So if you're looking for, uh, or I guess should, I should say for grandparents, so if you're looking for a gift for, that you can get for your mom for Mother's Day, um, or a gift for your mom, these they also make grandparent cards, like uh, so that the parent, the grandparents can pray for their grandchildren. Um, so again, whether it's the mom or your mom or your wife, these are really, really good gifts. Go to backgateprayers.com. Use the promo code Celebrate Moms. You'll get 10% off there. Also want to thank my friends over at HelloFresh. If you're not familiar with HelloFresh, it's a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook the food, you can eat it, you can enjoy it, and you can spend more time doing the things you love, like spending time with your family and just being a present dad, a fully present dad. I know a lot of you guys said that some things that are important to you are just to eat more healthy this year in 2019. So to cut some weight, um, to just lose some pounds so that you have more energy so that you can um, be more engaged as a dad. HelloFresh is definitely going to help you with that. They've got really good, healthy recipes that are quick to make, um, and they will help you meet your healthier eating home-cooked meals goal, if that's you. Uh, one of my favorite parts of HelloFresh is that it allows you to spend less time planning and shopping and more time doing the important things like being with your wife and with your kids. They'll, like I said, do all the shopping for you and deliver the pre-measured ingredients straight to your door. All the meals take 30 minutes or less to cook, um, so it's fast. 
and it just takes two pots or pans to make. So very, very minimal cleanup, which is always nice. You don't have a tornado of a disaster in your kitchen after you cook meals. I've actually been cooking these for my wife on the two days that she works at the hospital. Um, as a nurse, uh, I stay home and I cook some food for her and I've been using HelloFresh and I actually signed up for a membership in my own pocket, like went online, processed my own credit card to sign up for a subscription with them because the food has been so good. Um, even if you have picky eaters in the house, uh, you'll you'll like if you use their family plan. They've got a lot of different plans, but their family plan, which has a bunch of kid tested, kid approved recipes, it's really good stuff. My kids, we just did the sweet and smoky tenderloin pork uh, dinner the other day. It was so good, man! It was so good, uh, and my kids cleared their plate. They loved it. So anyway, take advantage of Hello's Fresh special offer. They got to offer just for you, the dad tired audience. You're gonna get eighty dollars off your first month if you go to HelloFresh.com and use forward slash tired 80 again hellofresh.com forward slash tired 80 t-i-r-e-d the number 80 and then use the promo code tired 80 t-i-r-e-d and the number 80 tired 80 again that's hellofresh.com forward slash tired 80 use the promo code tired 80 and that'll get you 80 dollars off your first month So today we're talking about what it looks like to have joy, uh, even in non-joyous times. I think there are a lot of guys, I, I've been seeing this on the closed Facebook group that we have for Dad Tired, um, and I know I've experienced it personally where you just feel like uh, you're just kind of grumpy all the time, or you're just mad all the time, and uh, and at the very least, like even if you don't feel like you're mad all the time or grumpy all the time, you, you don't feel like you have tons of joy. And uh, you feel stressed out at work, you feel stressed out in your marriage, your kids are stressing you out. And so you don't really feel like uh, you've got a ton of joy in your day to day. Uh, I feel that constantly. I feel like some of the most times that I'm like laughing the most or the most joyous times are the few occasions that I'm, I get out with a couple of guy friends. And uh, we just kind of like uh, unwind and relax and talk about whatever. Maybe we have a beer and watch a game and uh, we're laughing. But majority of the time, uh, like if you catch me in my house, uh, I'm probably feel, I would probably look like grumpy or um, <laughs> frustrated or exhausted or stressed. Just the other day, my son Elijah was like, dad, are you mad today? And um, which was a, it was kind of a bummer that he said that because I actually wasn't mad. Um, we were sitting in the kitchen and he's like, dad, what, what are you mad about today? And I'm like, <laughs> well, this sucks because I'm not mad. Um, but that's obviously the demeanor I'm giving off. Um, and that's the vibe I'm putting out there. So I, that's what I want to talk about today. Cause I think there are a lot of guys who probably struggle with that and relate to that. Um, I always tell people this, that the, the gospel, the good news of Jesus is that he didn't give up on us. There's lots of definitions of the gospel. There's lots of thoughts and, uh, ideas of what the gospel is. I always say in the most simplest form, uh, the good news of Jesus, the gospel is that God didn't give up on us and, I, the Bible should be one page long. If you've been to any of the Dad Tired conferences, if you've heard me speak, I say this almost every time I preach. Um, but the Bible should be one page long. 
It should say, uh, in Genesis 1, God creates the entire world. He makes it exactly as he designs it to be. Genesis 3, God creates humans uh, exactly as he designs it to be. He says, this is, uh, you can enjoy each other. You're naked and unashamed. You can have sex and multiply and work and enjoy the fruit. Like, everything's awesome. It's exactly as God designs it to be. And then Adam and Eve, in their rebelliousness, they decide to sin and to turn back, turn their back towards God and turn away from God. And they're desire to search for something outside of him that would lead to satisfaction. Uh, And so that's where the Bible should end. The Bible should, like right there, God should say, you know what? Uh, I created uh, I created the world as exactly as it should be. Uh, everything was perfect. You decided to turn your back on me. I didn't turn my back on you. And as a result, like you, you messed this thing up. I'm out of here. I'll go start a new earth. I'll go create uh, an earth somewhere else where maybe we'll try this whole human thing again. And humans, I'll make some humans that will actually listen to me and, and enjoy the creation that I built. And the Bible should end there. It should be one page long, three chapters long at most. Uh, and the Bible's not, obviously. The Bible is thousands and thousands of pages long. And the reason it's thousands and thousands of pages long is because God, in that very moment, says, even though you've messed everything up <laughs> as a result of your sin, uh, I'm going to make things right again. We see the promise that God says he's going to save everything. He said he talks about how he will have one, there will be one that will crush the serpent's head. Um, and that's really the promise of Jesus, that he's going to fix this, that he's going to make it right again. And that, and, and the rest of scripture is God pursuing hu- humans and restoring things and redeeming things back to the way that they used to be. Um, that's the good news of God, that God didn't bail. And we see all throughout scripture, humans continue to turn their back towards God and God continuing to pursue broken, jacked up, messy, sinful people. That's the good news of God. He did not give up on humanity. He didn't bail, but God stuck around and not just stuck around, but he found a way, he made a way to fix the problem. And the biggest problem was with our sin. Uh, And that, man, we say that all the time, even me just kind of taking a few minutes and kind of recapping the good news of God. You've probably, you may have even checked out as I was talking about that because you've heard it so many times, especially if you've grown up in church. And so you're just like, yeah, yeah no, that's cool. Like I get it. I've heard it. That is good news. But we very rarely like let that sink in. If we Imagine that you actually believe <laughs> what I just said. Imagine that you actually believe that there is a God, first of all that there's a God out there and that that God loves you so much that he decided to make a way to not bail on you, but that he could call you son. Crazy. This is crazy stuff. Like we, I know we hear it all the time, but if you really think about it, this is insane that there's actually a God over all creation, the one who made everything and that he knows you, delights in you, knows every hair on your head and pursued you so that he could save you by his grace. That's super, super good news. That good news should change everything that we do. It should change the way that we work. It should change the way that we see ourselves. It should change the way that we parent. It should change the way that we go about our day-to-day life. It's such good news. It should permeate every area of our life. And so what's confusing then is that we tell our kids, right, this is the good news that we believe. We're not just trying to teach our kids a bunch of rules or morals or 
behavior modification. We're trying to point them to that good news. That's the core message that son, daughter, you're not so broken that God has bailed on you. God has a reputation from the very first pages of scripture all the way to the very last pages of scripture. God has a reputation of pursuing broken and messy people. And even in your brokenness and your messiness, son and daughter, God is pursuing you because he loves you. He delights in you and he wants to save you. That's really good news. That's the message that we're trying to teach our kids at, at its core, at the, like strip down everything. That's the message that we're trying to teach our kids. And then what's confusing is to say, man, this is such good news, but daddy's really grumpy. Like, shut up, be quiet, go to your room. I'm always mad. Like, daddy, why are you mad today? <laughs> uh, a couple days ago, we were sitting at our dinner table and we were asking our kids, uh, can we go around and just like talk about like what if you were to describe daddy to somebody if you went if you if somebody said hey what's your daddy like what would you say if you if you wanted to say if somebody said what's your mommy like what would you say to them and when we got to daddy like when we got to me uh they said uh that daddy's kind of stressed out at work and sometimes he gets mad i'm like like the <laughs> Talk about a dagger to my friggin' heart, man. Like that, I, I feel like I am so. I try to be so intentional with my kids, and to point them to Jesus, and to point them to this quote unquote good news that I'm talking about. And this is like the vibe that I'm giving off. Uh, <laughs> I just like continue to pray, like God, I need your grace, man. I need you to continue to change my heart. I need you to continue to do something in me that I can't do in myself. Uh, this is the vibe that I'm giving out to my kids: is that uh, I'm working hard, and then I'm somewhat grumpy and then sometimes I get mad. So it's confusing. It's confusing to kids to say, hey, you have we have the greatest news of all time. We have something worth celebrating. The God of the universe saved us and loves us, but also daddy's grumpy all the time. That doesn't make sense. And so what does it look like to have joy, to like be a man who has very real stress? Um, you, we work hard. We have bills to pay, financial stress. Uh, we, we've got uh, a marriage that we're, we're trying to pursue our heart, but we feel busy. We don't know how to pursue our wife's heart. We're trying to raise our kids who oftentimes seem to take what we say in one ear, out the other, and they, we have to repeat ourselves a thousand times, right? Like These aren't necessarily joyous things. So how do you have joy as a Christian? Um, and, and how do you like continue to have joy the the heart of joy so that you actually believe the good news that you're talking about and your kids don't see you as like a grumpy old man all the time. So here's a couple of things I would say as I was just thinking about this for myself and just thinking like, all right, how, how do I personally get my heart back to a place where I, I actually believe the good news that I'm talking about and I live a, a heart and a life of joy and not stressfulness and grumpiness and all that stuff. So here, here's a couple of things that I personally uh, am doing in order to get there and that I think might be helpful for you. The, the first thing I would say is this. Um, remember your story. There's, there's passages in Scripture that talk about the joy of our salvation. And this is really what I was just talking about. Like, do you remember that God has saved you? Like, do you remember that often? that God has saved you. And I think for some guys, it might be helpful. I know a lot of guys, they're not journalers. You don't want to like sit down and get out a notebook and write. Some of you are like that, but a lot of you guys aren't like that. But but here's what I would say. Get away, like be super intentional. I would say before this podcast is over, before you like end up closing this app on your phone, set some time aside in your calendar, like actually put it in your calendar or else it won't happen. 
put in your calendar to take an hour or two hours sometime in the next week and if possible in the next couple of days to actually sit down and write out your story with God, your journey from as far back as you can remember all the way until today. Um, now, this doesn't have to be like pages and pages. It doesn't have to be eloquent where you're writing something that, you know, it's going to be a blog or some book that somebody's going to read or, you know, act like your kids are going to find it one day. Maybe they will. Uh, and that might be awesome. But that's not the purpose of this. The purpose of this is just for you. Um, so I would say, write it out or bullet point it or like just jot down, scribble down notes or something. But what I want you to do, this is what I've been trying to do, is actually sit down and remember that God has been faithful to you. Probably since you were a kid, you felt like God is pursuing you. And if not since a kid, like th- there's been tugs on your heart for a while uh, of God pursuing your heart and God relentlessly chasing after you. And I think it's helpful when it comes to our joy, to remember that, to remember our salvation, to have joy in our salvation that God has saved us. And sometimes we get so focused on like today. Uh, it's super stressful today. It's it's weird that I'm even recording this podcast this week because it was actually a really heavy week. It wasn't necessarily a bad week, but it was just a really heavy week for me. Uh, I had a lot of really heavy conversations and a lot of hard things come up this week. Uh, and so it, even the fact that I'm trying to like talk about this, having joy in non-joyous seasons is interesting because it's not necessarily a joy-filled week this week. It's not. But what I'm saying here is sometimes we get so focused, like I could just be so narrow-minded about this week. Like this week was a, a kind of, it was a hard week. It was a heavy week for me. And so what does it look like to have joy if I'm just focusing on this week? So I want to zoom out. I want to like take a second or take a couple hours to step back from just this week or this day and look back. How has God been faithful over the years? And sometimes it's just helpful to remember like, man, we're, we're like we're discouraged, we're caught up in this week, and we feel like, how are we going to get through it? And we've got all the things this week. But just step back and look at the long term, even even just your life, your own personal life over the, the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, how God has pursued you, how he's been relentless in his pursuit of your heart. And just see that God has been good to you, that God has a reputation of being good to you and pursuing you and chasing after you and saving you. Like God could have bailed on you a long time ago. You, you could be way worse than you are right now. And that the reason you're not is because God has been faithful to you and he will continue to be faithful to you. He has a reputation. Your reputation is you're all over the place. Your reputation is some days you believe this, some days you believe that, some days you're all about Jesus, some days you don't even remember Jesus, some days you have a ton of faith, some days you have no faith, right? Like you, your reputation is all over the place, but God's reputation has been the same. He's been faithful. And I'm not just talking about scripture, of course. We, we look at history uh, of God's the history of God's reputation throughout scripture and humanity, for sure we can see that he's been faithful, but I'm just talking about your life. Like, just look at your life. God has a reputation in your life of being consistent, right? And so that, like, let that, set some anchors in there, set some roots into that truth that God has been faithful to you. If you remember, like, anything, if you're going out throughout your day and you're, like, trying to remember anything, remember that God has been faithful to you, that he has pursued you, he hasn't changed he knew exactly where you would be today. He's not hoping for a future version of you or some better version of you. He he knows exactly where you would be today, and God has been faithful to you. Like, let the joy of your salvation sink in a little bit. He is pursuing your heart, and that's good news, man. That's really good news. So write it out. Like, 
just start scribbling notes down, bullet point all the times that you've seen God be faithful to you. But actually, like, if you can, and I know, again, a lot of guys don't write stuff and journal stuff, but if you can, get out a notebook and actually put something down on paper so that you can see. I think there's something really powerful and visual, like, so that you can see, even in your notes app, like, pull up your phone, get up the notes app, and just bullet point or write, start writing out how you have seen God been faithful to you, how his goodness has been good to you for a long time, that he's been steadfast and long-suffering and patient with you. And just let his reputation stir up this joy that, man, even in the midst of like, quote-unquote, crappy seasons and short seasons that suck, if I step back and I look at the long-term play, God has been good for a long time. And that brings me joy. That God's been faithful for a long time. So that's the first thing. I, that's something I've been trying to do. It's something I encourage you to do. Second thing is, I'd say this, I talk about this all the time, uh, is remember your citizenship, man. Remember Paul talks about all the time. He says, we are sojourners here. We are aliens. We are foreigners. We are exiles. We are not citizens of this world. We are citizens in the kingdom. And I think most of our lack of joy, most of our um, stress and our anger and the things that frustrate us and cause us that day-to-day angst is forgetting that we are citizens in a bigger kingdom and that we convince ourselves we're citizens in the kingdom of this world. This is oftentimes while you f- why you feel stressed uh, in your marriage. This is oftentimes the, some of the most marriage problems and, and especially the things that work in your day-to-day life come from a heart of believing that you are a citizen in this kingdom, in the kingdom of the world and not the kingdom of God. Because when you remember you're a citizen in the kingdom of God, that you're a citizen in a kingdom that lasts for eternity and not the short term, the short term stuff starts to feel way less stressful. Um, I always use the example example of camping. I've, I've done episodes on this, and uh, I think there's an episode called We're Just Camping. I, we talk about this at the conferences and in the book. Um, but I always I think this is one of the best analogies. I always talk about how when I was younger, my mom used to take me camping, and we would get all we would spend a whole week getting ready to go spend a camping trip out in the woods for the weekend. Like we'd spend six, seven days preparing to go spend two nights out in the woods, and we would just bring so much stuff, <laughs> so much stuff. Our neighbors thought our, we were moving because we we'd bring so much stuff out there. And I remember turning to my mom and say, "Mom, you know we're just like camping, right? Like we're we're only going to be there a couple of days, right?" And I always feel like that's what that's what God says to us as he looks down at us and he says, hey, I know you're like stressed. I see you trying to accumulate all your stuff and like gather more wealth and get more money and you're stressing about all these little things. But hey, can I just remind you you're camping? Like you're a sojourner, you're an alien, you're an exile, you are passing through. As Paul would say, like you're a sojourner, you're passing through. This is not home for you. And I'm not talking about like necessarily there's all kinds of theological thoughts on heaven and earth and where heaven will be. I believe God's going to restore the earth and make a new earth and make it all new again, right? So I'm not talking about like we just get to float up to some sky and go be with God. There's whole thoughts on that. I don't want to get too deep into that right now, although maybe I'll do an episode on that. But but this like this brokenness earth that we're experiencing, the, the pain that you're feeling right now, this is not forever. Revelation, at the end of Revelation, I think it's Revelation 21, where God says there will be no more crying. There will be no more tears. There will be no more sorrow, right? Like that's the day that we're hoping for. That's what we know is to come. And so right now we're just passing through. Like we, we're just, we're going through, we're camping right now. 
But I know at the end of this, like my story doesn't end with hurt. My story doesn't end with my bank account being broke. My, my story doesn't end with sickness and with pain and with tears. My story ends because I'm part with, with joy in Christ. My story ends with God redeeming all things back to himself because I'm part of his story. I'm part of a much bigger story than my own. And so that's the hope that I cling on to, that this story is way bigger than me, that it has an ending where God redeems everything back to itself. And so I would say this, like if you're camping, right, like if you were actually camping and you're just camping for the weekend, you go Friday, you spend Friday night, Saturday night, you come home Sunday and you're camping and it starts to rain and you get a hole in your tent, like for sure, it sucks. Like you're there, rain's dripping in your tent, you've got a hole in your tent, you're cold, it's rainy, it sucks. Like that's a sucky, that's a crappy situation. But it's just like, it's going to be okay. Like at the end of the day, you're going to pack up your stuff and you're going to go home and it's going to be fine, right? It sucks in the situation, but at the end of the day, uh, it's not where you're going to spend forever. And uh, for some of you, man, uh, you've got a hole in your tent right now and the rain's coming through. Your car broke down. Your boss sucks. Your marriage is in a rough spot. And uh, yes, I'm not. I'm not like minimizing that. That's like hard. That it sucks. But dude, uh, you get to go home one day. You you're just passing through. You're an alien here. You're an exile here. One day something better is coming, and that's Christ. That's Jesus. That He's going to make all things new. Jesus will come and dwell among us again. This is really really good news. We're just camping, and I, I just want to throw this little caveat in here that. Um, I know some of you, when I'm talking about like a hole in your tent and some rain going through, like some of you, it's just like your car broke down, which sucks. That just happened to us a couple of weeks ago. We had to spend a ton of money to get a car fixed. You know, it's a, it's a sucky situation. So some of you are just dealing with, you know, that's the hole in your tent. Some of you are dealing with much, much heavier things. Um, we just heard some of our kind of a friends of friends, um, their, their nine month old baby, they just found out uh, has cancer. And uh, they thought it was just uh, like a cold ear infection, and it turned out to be cancer. That's what they're going to be dealing with, um, with their nine-month-old baby, man. Just, oh, hate hearing stories like that. It chokes me up. Um, like, that's a, that's a, to compare that to like a hole in your tent, right? Like, I, I get it. Some of you are dealing with some really, really, really heavy, hard things, death, sickness, divorce, like you're going through some stuff. And I don't want to minimize that. But I also want to remind you that one day you won't be dealing with that anymore. And that's the good news that we hold on to. That God has not just saved us. He's not just saving us, but he will save us. That one day there will be no more crying, no more tears. That even the pain, the sickness, the death, all of that is temporary. This is why Paul said we can rejoice in our suffering. This is why Jesus said, consider it pure joy. Or I'm sorry, the, James says consider it pure joy, but Jesus would say uh, in Matthew 5, even blessed are you when you're persecuted for my sake. The only way that makes sense is if to know that this is not all there is, that there's something more coming, that there's something better coming, that God has not given up on the promise that he gave us back in Genesis 3. He will make all things new again. And so we have joy. And I'm not just talking about happiness. Happiness comes and goes. Like happiness leaves really quickly when you sit at the doctor's office and you get a bad report like that. Like happiness is gone. But joy sticks around deep into your heart because you have a lasting, you are connected to a deep, deep anchor, 
a rock. Your foundation is built on rock, and that rock is that God has saved us, and he will save us. That this is not our home, that we are just camping here, and even the crappiest things, even death has lost its sting because of the good news of what God is doing and what God will do. And so that's why we have deep joy. That's the kind, when you're connected to that deep joy, man, that's the kind of stuff that allows you, when circumstance of life hits you hard, you're able to stick, stay firm because you're, you're planted on a much solid, much more solid foundation. You are, your feet are planted firmly on the rock of your salvation that God has saved you, he is saving you, and he will save you one day. There will be no more crying. There will be no more tears. And that's the kind of stuff, man, that that's, that's when we're connected to that, we have much more peace and joy in our life. And our kids stop saying like, why are you so grumpy all the time? Instead, they say, why, why, why did dad have such joy all the time? Why, why was he uh, seemed to have a deep peace in his soul, even when things were really hard? Well, it's because dad knew that there was something better coming that God has saved us, we get glimpses of heaven here on earth, absolutely, that God is redeeming things here and now, which is such good news, but God is also coming. We don't have to worry about the hole in our tent and the rain coming through. We can almost even laugh it off because we know that God will save us, that he will make all things new, that he is faithful to complete what he has started. And so even the things that go wrong, even the hard situations, uh, it sucks, but we can almost laugh it off because you know what? This isn't home. There's something better coming. The last thing I would say is this. uh, Listen to other people's story. If you don't have joy, you're probably not around other people and you've probably lost sight of what God is doing in other people's lives and you've become really focused on just your own life. Uh, You've heard me talk about this before, but there was a year where Layla and I said we were going to have 100 people in our house for a meal and we just started inviting a bunch of people over and my goal was to hear what God was doing in their life. This was for Christians, non-Christians. I just wanted to have people sitting at our table enjoying a meal with us, and I wanted to hear what God was doing. One question that I would ask everyone that came over and sat at the table, I'd say, what's one thing you're really excited about and one thing that's causing you the most worry? It's really interesting. Just you ask that question. Invite people into your house. Ask that question. What's one thing you're super excited about right now, and what's, what's the one thing that's causing you the most worry in your life right now? Really open-ended question, but you will hear all the things that people are dealing with. And you know what that does? That like pulls you out of your own life. It pulls you out of your very narrow focus of this whole world is revolving around you. And it gives you much bigger eyes that God is doing something way bigger than you. He's pursuing all people and humanity and he's He's working. You'll, you'll hear the stories of your friends, of Christians and non-Christians and what God is doing in their life. And it will open up your perspective that man, this is a, this is much bigger than you, and it will bring you joy. It'll bring you joy to see how God is relentlessly pursuing. Sometimes there's nothing, right? Uh, I know there's lots of theology there. Um, sometimes you hear people and they're like, "Yeah, I'm stressed about like my football team lost, and I'm excited that this team won." You know, like <laughs> it's something real shallow. Uh, I'm stoked that the weather's great, and I'm stressed out that it's going to be rainy on Tuesday or whatever. Like I don't, I don't know. Um, so there's some sometimes really shallow stuff, but sometimes, man, you ask that question and you're going to see people like tears well up in their eyes um, because God is pursuing them, even in their brokenness. And what it's going to do for you is like, man, I don't know why I'm so focused on me all the time. I don't know why I'm so focused on my story. Like God is doing something much bigger around me. And, uh, and, and when I'm connected to that, 
it starts to bring me a deep sense of joy that there's something way bigger going on. There's a, there's a God pursuing the entire world and redeeming the entire world back to himself. I'd also say, go serve, man. Like, there's probably a shelter or some kids in need or some, there's something within one hour of you uh, where you can go volunteer for a day and just see somebody else that's uh, in their journey that's struggling. And uh, try not to have joy in that, right? Like, try not to, like, leave that. Jesus said it's better to give than receive, right? Try to go give and not feel joy because it's hardwired into our DNA. God has created us so that when we serve, when we give up our life, when we sacrifice, when we put somebody else's life in front of our own, that it actually brings us joy. It's better to give than it is to receive. And so uh, get outside your normal comfort zone. At the end of the day, um, essentially what I'm trying to say is this, man. Your joy comes from your salvation and nothing else. Nothing else. Your wife won't give you joy. Uh, that deep-hearted, like deep in your bones joy, of course she can bring you happiness. Uh, your kids, man, they give me so much joy, right? They give me so much like I, I, I spend time with my kids. I see my kids. I see my kids laughing and joy. Of course that gives me a deep deep joy. But at the end of the day, my my deepest sense of joy, the thing that satisfies my soul the most is that God has saved me, that I am a citizen in the kingdom of heaven, not a citizen in the kingdom of earth. And uh, and so even when there's a hole in the tent, even when things uh, rattle you a little bit, um, I know that this isn't home and I'm part of a much bigger story than my own. So I hope that's helpful. I love you guys. Would you have joy in your salvation? And would that joy bleed into all the other areas of your life, your work, with your kids, your parenting, your marriage, your friendships, your community? Would the joy of your salvation be the, the rock? Would, would the fact that Jesus saved you, let that sink in. Jesus saved you. He is saving you right in this very moment, and he will save you. That's good news. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope it was helpful for you. I just wanted to say uh, we are, as you know, if you've been listening for a while, been trying to raise some money to do more conferences and to lower the cost of conferences and to scholarship some guys for the conferences and to just bring them in more cities, um, bring more conferences in cities near you. Uh, we've raised almost $10,000 of our $15,000 goal. So one, I just want to thank all of you guys who have very generously and sacrificially given so that we can make this happen. And also just want to continue to ask if this is something that you believe in. If you believe in the Dad Tired ministry, we would love your help. We're so close to hitting our goal. If you go to dadtired.com forward slash donate, you can make a donation there. All the donations are tax deductible, so you can write those off on your taxes. We've had some guys uh, make some of their donations from their businesses and just so they can get some business write-offs as well. But anyway, it helps a ton. It's, it's life-changing stuff. I'm actually in Dallas, Texas right now recording this podcast as we speak. Um, we just got done with a conference there and again, had guys come up to me say this is life-changing stuff. Um, just getting really practical, helpful, gospel-centered resources and how, in, and, and how to help lead their families well. So anyway, if, if you believe in that ministry, we'd love your support. Again, you can go to dadtire.com forward slash donate and make a tax deductible contribution there. Love you guys. See you next week. Bye.